Welcome to the Reading Aloud podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us and a baby. <laughs> Enjoy. So coming through the blur of it all, let's talk about the first three days of, well, let's talk about the first three days of being home Uh, post uh hospital, post hospital, because we were in the hospital for four nights. Does that include the birthing time? Two nights of labor and then two nights post labor. We went in on a Tuesday. We exited on a Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Got it. So then we come home and immediately I need a nap. So I take a quick nap. But then immediately after that, like thinking 45 minutes later, we've got family arriving. Yeah, we've got two sets of grandparents, eager grandparents, slowly making their way up the up the walk, (laughs) coming to see us, coming to see us, which we both we had long conversations about whether or not we were going to do like a more or maybe a less traditional wait six weeks for Uh anyone to meet the baby, which is a way of honoring that this is still you're still in the fourth trimester, what they call the fourth trimester, and you're still healing, recovering, bonding. Um, The baby's immune system is really fragile, so you don't want to expose them too much. And just in general, you want to kind of nestle in. Um, I think we decided that we're not quite that in touch what would you call it i don't know i think we no uh, judgment but like yeah no judgment do it. i don't think we could do it i mean well we could do it but i don't think it was a kind of a lifestyle choice that we chose we you know wanted our parents and the newly minted grandparents to see and they they were certainly eager i think they would have held off had we have asked but you know they were eager and that felt okay with us. So Right. I, I, looking back, maybe I could have done two weeks, but still, I mean, you know, and not to mention, uh, yeah, lots of meals that get dropped off and just a lot of help and support that's needed. It's such a balance because, you know, you need the help and at the same time you have no capacity for much of anything. So it's just so messy. And for both of us who are really socially engaged people and really connected people we love our community i you know the idea of having people in the house or and or having people drop things off and just kind of sitting upstairs saying nothing to them i mean yeah not wired that way. you're an extreme extrovert and i'm somewhat of an extroverted introvert so you know we we like to see people for better for worse i think we had in our heads that we were just we were very excited. I'll be curious when we come out of like the fog of early days. I'll be really interested to see if we ever did this again, if we do it different. I feel like seeing people within the first couple weeks and getting excited about that kind of stuff is, is, is just chronically one of those things where people who've been through it or know, you know, we had uh, our doula and the nurses and the pediatrician all say, don't see anybody or like, you know, just stay away from people. Just be with yourselves and your support network. Um, You know, be really insular. And then we didn't. And I feel like that's a piece of advice that's given to pretty much everybody and pretty much no one follows it. Right. Although I did have a conversation with a friend of mine who was a new grandma and I asked her how her grandbaby was doing and she says, I'm going to meet her in two weeks and I'm so excited. And so I said, I asked, 
you know, how long, how old will the baby be? Six weeks. And I couldn't believe it. Somebody was doing yeah. it. Yeah. Somebody's doing it. There are smart people out there. We're, we're definitely <laughs> not some of them. So what, so let, so you want to give the highlights of the first three days? Oof. Yeah. Highlights. Okay. Or maybe um, the well, lights. let's skip over the highlights and let's go. To the, <laughs> <laughs> the highlights were we had a live baby in our house and it was magical. D- debatable. Debatable. <laughs> not the magical part, the li- alive part. The alive part. Right. Oh, right, God. Right, right. If I had said that a, a few days ago, you, that might have brought you to your knees. Exactly. 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 Okay, so the lights of the first three days, high, low, and everywhere in between. I'd say the high, one of the highs was that the baby seemed to be pretty easy in the hospital. Yeah, pretty easy in the hospital. We're not talking about the hospital. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think that the, you know, babies do give you a little bit of an assist in the sense that they sleep a ton at the beginning. And so now we'll get into, he wasn't sleeping as much as he probably should have been, but you know, it just still was sleeping a fair amount. So there was a lot of kind of rest period. I will also say, looking back on it, having some grandparents around to at least hold the baby, because, you know, one of the things that, especially with the new, new, newborn babies that is taxing is they need to be kind of like attended to and held almost 24-7. I mean, at night they're going to go down for a little bit in whatever sleeping situation that you have. But you know, it's a lot to be like somebody has to be kind of holding the baby and watching. And and, and that's also just watching in part, like you're, you don't know when to take your eyes off them because you don't know if that's ever right. really safe. Right. Right. So, you know, but, and, but yet they sleep a lot. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I will say, and I know we're, again, we're talking about the first three days of being home, but I will say, you know, after day one in the hospital post his Neo's birth, I want, I was like, oh, we got this. I was like, let's <laughs> save the money and not stay night two, which was an option. And we ended up staying night two because his Billy Rubin levels needed to go up or down or whichever way. They yep. needed to be corrected yep. just a little bit. And they had to do a, a second test, which turned out fine. But like, we stayed that second night and night two was so different. And I remember having a conversation with my favorite night nurse in the middle of the night. And I was like, what's so different? And she was like, well, on night one, this is pretty typical. And on night two, this is pretty typical. And I was like, whoa, vastly different and very normal developmentally for the baby. I was like, so glad to have seen two different nights. You're treading water during those times in the sense that you're overjoyed that you have shit worked out that that shit worked out (laughs) and at the same time i've thought about this a lot where i kind of push back a little bit on my instagram around advice that we were getting uh leading up to having a baby that was very like apocalyptic focus like goodbye to sleep you know you're never gonna you know want to um, you're never going to do anything again. You know, your life's now the babies and kind of all this advice that we would be getting. And I push back on that being like, can we get supportive? Yes, it's going to be hard. We understand that. And now going through it, but I have a little bit more of appreciation of where that kind of narrative comes from because, you know, we, we four nights in the hospital and we had minimal hours of sleep during those four nights. We came home and the first three days, we again had minimal hours of sleep. So, you know, after those first three days, you're going on nearly a week with maybe 
a total of one full night's rest over the span of seven days. And it's a, it's a really, really, really difficult situation. And nothing can really prepare you for that. You know, you're kind of going into a little bit of survival mode. And that was with us where we had a good support structure. We had help there. We were both available. Um, we only had one baby. You know, people have twins and triplets. and Or other kids. Or, older kids. And other kids, you know. <laughs> and so we had kind of the bare minimum. And still, even in that scenario, it felt very, very difficult. I have more of appreciation for those warnings. Now, it still wouldn't be my style to say it like that. Um, and give advice like that. But, uh, you know, I see now more where it's coming from. And I just want to say, like, kudos to us right now for even recording a yep. podcast. Like, yep. like, let's think about where, you know, we're no, like... this is it. Yeah, go on, go this, on. You, you got me excited now, go on. You know, we're sitting here, like, baby in Catan, like, super <laughs> sleep-deprived. Uh, you know, I mean, not super anymore, but, you know, pretty sleep-deprived, running on less than we're used to, totally disoriented, no structure, thinking about where we're going to place structure in our lives, if at all, and, you know, jokes on us, all these things. And here we are trying to be coherent record a podcast so kudos to you kudos to me and thank you all for the grace that you're giving and listening to us just sort of ramble through this I mean we've missed you all um Mm. and a ton and we we really want to you know we don't want the days to get so far away from us that we don't have potency around this experience so in order to do that we're gonna have to talk through some of the fog yeah no that's that's perfect because one of the things that I, I think has been key for me and as I kind of shared that story around certain types of advice that we were or not advice but kind of warnings that we were getting going into it were also recognizing like all of the successes that we're having throughout this you know Neo our our baby is has a really good latch and that's amazing that's a huge success we've been able to kind of like enjoy meals and and have moments with family that have been such a joy and blessing. We've taken a bunch of cute pictures already. That's so awesome. We're recording a podcast and finding these moments to kind of remind us and to reconnect you to what is your identity as as who you are, what is your new identity as a family, enjoying the like the cuteness and the beautiful nature. That gives me so much more energy than I'm going to be more energized after recording this than if I had taken a nap for an hour, even though I'm sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because it's, yeah, it's life giving and it's something that we, we know and we love and it's some part of us that where everything feels completely different. It's some part of us that feels familiar. Totally. So I just, I want to get to the low lights because that's pretty much what we're here to talk about, which, you know, and I want to kind of tell it from my perspective and then I want to hear a little bit from yours because I think we have some different perspectives, but essentially after coming home, this was the, the tenuous window where milk supply is supposed to begin to come in. And that time frame varies for different people. And what I've learned since then is a traumatic birth, which I think people would consider ours traumatic because of the longevity of it. Um, So it's just like the longer the birth takes or the more interventions, sometimes the longer it can take for the milk supply to come in. You know, these are things you just don't know. And so, you know, here we are feeding our baby round the clock with my breast milk. Baby's latching. Baby's latching on the boob. Yeah. We feel great about that. Right. And it's, and he's feeding all the time. 
And we go, it, it was interesting because that first weekend he wasn't really peeing or pooping. And, you know, there's these measures around how many peas and poops they should have a day or around. And, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, jump to conclusions when it's not exact, but it was, we were pretty much down to none. And then all of a sudden one of his diapers came out and looked like there was blood in it. And so we called our pediatrician's office, which thank goodness, I, I will say for a new parent, having a 24 hour call line, not a nurse off hours, no. Like triage off hours? Yeah, there's some places that like on Sundays they come from 12 to 4. But uh-huh. like this is a 24-hour line. That was a right. huge blessing for us because I called and the lactation consultant was the one on call. And she was like, I think you should try to get a little bit of donor milk because I'm wondering if he needs a little extra, like a little supplement. And Well, you skipped over and the, the little bit of what looked like blood in his diaper after, you know, minimal peas and no poops for a while was normal. It was normal. Yeah. It was it was uric acid crystals, but it was normal, but it was also indicative of not enough fluid, right? So that it was kind of, I mean, yeah. she never said that specifically because I don't think she wanted to alarm us too much. She was just sort of like, that's normal. And I think you should get a supplement for right now. And I don't even remember how we did that, but I called one of my best girlfriends and she just sped over with a bottle of her milk, which we proceeded to, how did we get it in him that first day? We didn't use a bottle. We, the SNS method. But how did we have that? Oh, she had, the girlfriend had that because her baby was born a few weeks early. She gave us a yeah, syringe. Yeah, that little syringe with the kind of hook, We syringe hook, fed syringe. him yep. via our finger. And that was incredible because he, you know, he's, we, but we were make we were making choices about how much to give him instead of feeding him till he was, to, till he quit eating, we were giving him a certain amount every day. So we actually didn't meet his needs still, but we were doing better than nothing. Um, and we went into the doctor on Monday and he had just lost a ton of weight, not a ton, but. Yeah. Almost. They expect babies to lose you know, up to ten percent, yeah, weight. up to ten percent, and I think he lost like a little over ten percent of his weight. So you know, but like ten percent being the absolute max, and and I remember, yeah. I I still want to tell it from my perspective yeah, because it. I remember we really loved this lactation consultant, and there were we were joking and having a good time, and we were so happy to be like at the doctor and show off our baby and whatever. And, you know, I figured, and I was posting on Instagram and talking to friends and I was like, I knew that babies cried. I knew that we weren't going to get much sleep, but there's something about this that feels so extreme to me, you know? And I, I remember posting and I remember posting specifically this picture of you and your pajama pants were split from the (laughs) knee up to your crotch. And I was, and it was such a funny picture of how the night had gone because every time you'd get out of bed to pick him up the little tear became bigger but i never actually changed them so by the morning they were just like a huge pirate he looks like a pirate and and so you know and so when we went to the doctor we were so excited and she was like do you want formula and i was just like whoa it was like, I couldn't believe we were there. You know, I was like, what do you mean? And I just didn't totally get it. And so we, we came home, we, we rushed home and I know I'm skipping over some parts, but we rushed home and got him like a heavy dose of some supplement from our, from our dear girlfriend. 
But that, the from my perspective, babe, what I learned, because we had been in the hospital and our labor was two days with minimal to no sleep, minimal right. to no yep. sleep. I mean, I was in labor for two days. You can't really sleep through that. Right. Yeah, we had maybe couple hour hours, and a half to yeah. two hours. In yeah. the two days. And you, you something happened as we were finishing up our appointment. And I remember because I was, you know, my vagina's broken. My body is tired. I'm exhausted. I'm like a little bit yellow and green with like, just like, I just look weak. I feel weak. And I remember your face did something. You kind of shut down at the doctor at the end. Like once it really hit you that something was, was kind of wrong. And I just remember being like, Marisol, you need to be strong. Like he has been holding this together for you for so many days and he has been taking care of you and taking care of everything. You need to support him. And I just said, I'll go check us out. You get some things together. And you were like, great. And we left and you completely broke down in the car. I mean, you were sobbing hysterically. And I want you to tell how that felt for you, but I just want to say, I also didn't know until later that because he was so hungry, he essentially would eat and and be satiated for maybe 20 to 30 minutes. And you were up with him the rest of that time. So you would be up with him for an hour, hour and a half, and then you'd give him back to me and I'd feed him a little bit and he'd be okay for just a little bit because there was just a little bit given to him. And then you were up again for the next round of hour and a half trying to settle him down. I had no idea. I mean, you were on way less sleep than me, next to none. And kind of suffering in silence in the sense that, like, I just didn't know how many. I mean, you never told me how many hours you were up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that from from your perspective. I mean, that was... What's that? Yeah. Some. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. We're gonna get you your own microphone soon. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think this is soothing time. Like passy soothing and all that. I mean, I think when I heard you know, these words of he's, he's lost too much weight. He's not getting enough food. It kind of all just kind of came, you know, really just like crashing down. As you said, the, the sleep deprivation, the emotional, um, holding that I had been doing really since the the 30th. And this was like, you know, April 3rd or 4th or something like that. And since March 30th, I would, you know, for nearly a week now, I'd been kind of like, you know, just holding this. And like you said, being there for you. And I really appreciate that reflection. But like, it all just kind of like dropped at that. Because I think at that moment, there was something innately biological about a parent and being a protector and being a provider and there was a deep, deep, you know, feeling of like failure in that moment. And all that I had put in, all of that energy, all of that emotion, all of that time, of course, I know in the grand scheme, it wasn't a failure. But like in that moment, it felt like failure, right? Like here's this and I put in all this work and my baby's starving. And 
I know looking back on it, that wasn't the case, but that's what I felt in that moment. And, and, you know, just to confirm, like our doula said, you know, we saw it as, you know, a two, three day window. She said, you know, the milk really wasn't supposed to be coming in. It was really more like a day that we went by that was kind of critical and then also you know she she really doesn't like it when we say starving (laughs) because it's funny to us but it's you know really kind of instills this this sort of touching touching in with like death you know it wasn't that severe and a lot of babies do lose weight because that time period is tenuous with the milk coming in and also um you know you said something that was really it broke my heart when I heard it. You were like, this is supposed to be, these are, these are precious days. They're our first days with our baby at our home and we've done everything we can. And it's, it's just not going so well. You know, you, you, you didn't say it. So yeah, they've kind of been, they've kind of been spent basically trying to soothe him from nonstop crying. And, you know, his mouth was dry from like wailing so his much. mouth was so dry i remember yeah. distinctly having him suck on my finger which he really wanted to do and it was so dry and the smell in his mouth and that really broke my heart too because the little smell in his mouth was kind of a sweet smell and i was you know i hate to even say it, but i was fond of it because it smelled so s- sweet and mm-hmm. and cute in a way but looking back i was like wow that was not enough yeah sustenance um yeah it was just that feeling of and i think too like it hit on some like kind of deeply rooted insecurities in myself you know i've there's a natural thing where parents want you know their kids to not go through the kind of like same difficulties that they went through especially personally so they you know they've kind of this learn from my own mistakes and you know one of the things that was always kind of difficult for me was I was like a skinny scrawny little kid and who knows he may be like a skinny scrawny little kid but like I was bullied because I was skinny and scrawny and I was always trying to like navigate that situation I was always trying to gain weight you know and so there was this whole kind of like it was really trauma deep. from wow. my youth not when I was a baby necessarily but from my youth and my yeah. Um, trauma from my youth that I was just really trying to navigate in that moment, too, that was coming up internally. So, you know, that feeling that I just explained well, really around deep. failure. And then also this kind of like, yeah, this, this struggle that I've had as a person, too, that was very much playing into it. And, you know, it being around food. So, you know, I got super sad. And also very serious, like there would have been nothing in the world right then that would have diverted my attention from getting him food. Yeah. Like, no I matter mean, what. You went right to the breastfeeding boutique and center to pick up supplements. You picked up the the more, you know, supplemental milk. And we just kind of got on this track towards getting him, you know, fully fed. And it was, you were very serious. And I mean, gosh, babe, I really... Uh, it was really hard for me too, you know, like, I don't know, there's, it's, it, it took us a while to realize that it wasn't as bad as maybe we had thought, but it wasn't great. And we were really, we were really bought into this starving thing. The word starving came out of our mouths a lot. And that's just horrifying. That's 
horrifying. Um, and it wasn't as bad as we thought. So I, I, you know, I even still have to remind myself of that, but it just, you know, it was one of many, you know, the first of many, lessons around, you know, you're going to mess it up. And, you know, people say, well, you know, get used to it. You're going to make lots of mistakes. And I'm like, yeah, there's some, there's some, like you forget to put their shoes on. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and our friends told us that they're in the, one of the first nights at their house, the, there was draft by the window and their baby was freezing to death was the term they used. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, it I was mean, really, I, I'm not laughing at that term. It's like, but these are this is what it feels like. That's right. why we use that language because right. you're so yeah. and that and that there and that the 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 you know spouse of the birthing person. So it's like you know there's the mom and the dad and the the dad felt the way you felt. Just like it was an interesting thing to me that the dad felt the same way you felt. Like there was that that holding of responsibility in that instance as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that was the the big to do in in those in those first couple of days. And so I just kind of wrap up by saying what we realized is is that my breast milk was going to take longer to come in. This is what we've been realizing and I may never have as much as he needs to eat in a day. Like I may never make that much. So we will always be potentially most likely always be supplementing um, and right now we have this amazing community here in Asheville of uh, a few Facebook groups and then just a huge network of friends and friends of friends, um, mamas who have extra more to share and they're offering that, you know, it's not, there's no payment in this, in these communities. It's just giving and receiving. Yep. And so we've been able to supplement with other mama's milk, which is right. cool. Cause yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool in that, you know, there's a couple of things that are interesting about it. And I guess I'll just share these just in case and everybody can hear he's kind of waking up now. But um, uh, I just share these just in case this is also the situation for others out there. You know, it was it was in a way it's clearly milk from you and a full amount would have been the best. It, it would have been the best. But, you know, I will say and because I don't know that you'll cover this, but a lot of people have said that having a baby that does boob and bottle affords a lot of flexibility. So there's a lot of things that you're about to share, but like also the flexibility of it not all coming for me because I was with you. I wished I had the convenience of just feeding him from my breasts alone because we wouldn't have to pack bottles or anything or yep. think about it. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, and I was just going to say, you know, feeding with the bottle and it started with a, a kind of a syringe and what's called the SNS method, but um, supplemental nursing system. Yep, and uh, you know that actually allowed us to really regulate and track how much he was eating. You know, really down to the milliliter, which was pretty critical for almost, at least I'll speak for myself, like for my peace of mind, knowing that he got enough ounces, enough milliliters that day, because I was literally watching him eat it. You know, and then and th so that was kind of a benefit that I found just is a benefit to measure it if you're a very kind of like analytical person like I am sometimes. And then the second one was it's kind of a cool concept of this, you know, community, everybody working together to feed the baby and that he's kind of getting all of these, you know, antibodies and, and breast milk from multiple different women. I, I kind of like that concept. Just think there's something neat around, you know, him developing and, and growing through the like community milk supply. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. That people call it the community immunity. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and you know, it is when I've talked to some of my friends about it, they said, Oh yeah, that's like how it would have been 
back in the day when living in villages together, all the pregnant and nursing mamas would pass the baby around and every, and all the mamas would nurse the, the new baby because of that, because of the community immunity. And I, when I talked with a woman, a new friend of mine, um, who's been su- giving me some support around this, she needed supplementation for her twins initially because of her birth and how long it took for her milk supply to come in. But I will say, she said that her babies have really been sick very little because of the community. She attributes it to that a community immunity. And I think, I think for, for that, it, to me, it's just like, it's supplementing supplemental milk is not necessarily like a failure or a bad thing. You know, there's so much like, it's totally normal. It's totally normal for the mother not to produce enough breast milk, especially initially. There's lots of, you know, herbs and, and remedies and teas and cookies and all these kind of things that you can do to increase your milk supply. But that, that does, it, it was just, we didn't necessarily prepare for that in a way, but it happened. And despite this kind of first emotional breakdown, it has really been, a, you know, kind of a blessing coming out of it and a new experience that we didn't necessarily plan for, but happened to us and we're grateful for it. Yeah. And, and another great story I heard was this same mama who received supplement is now offering supplements. So she's had another baby and she has extra to share and she's offering supplement to a friend of hers whose baby has cystic fibrosis. And the idea is, is that she has her COVID antibodies and she is giving the baby specifically the COVID antibodies per that mama's request and how important it is for this fragile, um, baby with cystic fibrosis to have as much immunity from as many places as possible. And it's just, it's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. I, I really have appreciated the whole thing. It's been a bit of a hustle. I think if I had gone back to work or you had gone right back to work, we'd be, it'd be a lot more difficult. Um, but yeah, it isn't a failure. It, it was. It's hard to wrap your brain around, but it isn't a failure. And mm-hmm. it feels really good like he's going to have some resilience because of it. Yep. I just want to say story after story of people not producing, quote unquote, enough milk and that that is so much more common or that there's an issue with latch or an oversupply and the baby won't latch and needing to pump. And then the last, you know, and then and that we have dedicated to breastfeeding, bottle feeding, and pumping, which they call the triple feed. And at first we went gung-ho. We've got all the herbs and all the supplements and everything and the teas and the cookies and everything. And we put a good solid college effort in and now my supply is up so much more and it's incredible. And we're backing off some of the kind of rigidity and um, effortfulness of it. There's starting to be flow, no pun intended. So what an experience. What an experience. All right. One of many. All right. That's our cue to go. Love you all. Time to feed. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.